broadcasting from Hearts Unknown in the Men Seeking Tomahawk studio. It is Danny Franks. I am Angela Lansbury, and this is Men Seeking Tomahawks. Dan, how are you? I'm good. We will give a clue. We are east of the Rockies. We can, uh, it's parts unknown as long as you're east of the Rockies. Indeed. That it is. Yes. So, I, uh, I had to pour one out earlier, and um, I'm a little bit sad about it. I have to be very honest. Um, is this like, uh, I did see DMX's funeral was today. Is it? No, really no. That? Although, I was, I was very, uh, I got a little tearful when I saw the monster truck that was carrying his casket. Thought that was pretty, pretty spectacular. Nothing wrong with that. That's exactly, that's exactly right. No, you know what made me sad, man, is um, if you are a new listener to this program, you may know or you may not know, but we feature independent musicians every week, and we have done so for just about. I think this might be episode ninety that we're recording right now. We've we've done a lot of these, and Dan, I went back and kind of tallied. I was kind of going through my uh, my list of musicians we have featured on the show, and we are nearing 300 different independent artists at this point, which is no small feat. I think it's spectacular that we've made this many friends on this journey, on this adventure. The thing that made me sad, though, was that as I started to dabble and kind of weed my way through their online presence, I notice a recurring theme that at this point, many, many of our friends are currently disbanded. These are, these are bands no more. And it, it made me a little bit sad. Yeah. Well, in, for anyone who's joined us in this kind of reboot of men seeking Tomahawks, we're only a few episodes in, but yeah, all of those back catalog, which we might make available at a time of our choosing, but mm. those episodes often were marathon episodes and they often featured three or more songs on them. Oh, yeah. So that's how, you know, through just under a hundred episodes, we've had, like you said, nearly 300 artists. And that is sad because we have made some real, what I like to call life- lifelong friends out of it. Like people that we just kind of stumbled across on random Reddit forums and found a spot for them on men seeking tomahawks. And, now there are people that we keep in contact with on social media, hope to one day get back to hanging out with from time to time. So they just had to see it. Some of those people don't have their friends around them anymore. I suppose these things happen. I'm, I'm no stranger to the independent music scene and bands break up. But uh, when you become part of our family, then it's uh, a little bit of a choke up moment for me, Dan. So... I gotta, I gotta make a, an admission here. I have no idea what we're doing this evening, and that's all your fault. Yeah, no, this is gonna be fun. This is something that's come up uh, recently in my personal life. Uh, we'll, we'll figure out what that means in a little bit. But who is? Are we? Are you finally? Co- is it gonna happen? Are we doing it tonight? No, no we're not doing that one yet. Okay, no, no, okay. No, no. <laughs> sorry, 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 sorry. Yeah, non, um, non-disclosure. Sorry. Not, no. Um, but this is something that it really got me thinking and thinking about the past and some things that have happened in in my past. And I think you can probably relate to some of it, uh, something that's happening in the present. And it got me thinking about what that might mean for the future. Very, very mysterious. uh, Are you going to tell me about why I need the Christmas spirit or we, is that what this is? 
past, present, just, and future. Uh, why don't I share it a little bit later in this episode? You'll have to figure out what to do between now and then. So I remain in the dark, which is nothing I'm not familiar with. Uh, there's uh, no certainty in life, and apparently there's no certainty for Jack Drastic moving forward in this episode. Albeit for one thing, I know what music I'm playing. And I'm actually, Dan, I can tell you with some degree of certainty that the uh, artist we're about to feature is still uh, a an intact band. So fingers crossed. Let's keep it that way. Let's not Yoko Ono. Now we want to still see that happen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We uh starting to feel like it might be the Yoko Ono of, of these bands. This might be the Men Seeking Tomahawks curse. <laughs> So guys, coming up on the program is I Don't Know, but first, we need to listen to a three-piece rock outfit from Canada. This is the band Ethereal with the track Drown, right here on Men Seeking Tomahawks. The song Drown. Good stuff. If you're a 90s kid, you liked that. Admit it. took me back to my uh, my ute. You, you damn skippy. So listen, guys, if you want to hear more from Ethereal uh, or any of the other musicians, the many musicians featured on Men Seeking Tomahawks, go to menseekingtomahawks.com. Back to you, Dan. 
Thanks, Jack. Uh, yeah, good music, good lead into this. Uh, reminded me of music from the 90s, which kind of was the thought process of, of getting this segment in here today. It's something I've been wanting to talk about, and it really, it's, it's the time of year. It's this time of year where, especially here in Texas, so maybe this is why I can most relate to it, where it's not cold anymore because we tend to have cold winters. It's, you know, it's, it's, people think it's hot, but sometimes it's cold. Uh, but then the summers are brutal. <laughs> Good statement, right? Gosh, you're like Buddha. You're like a, that's like a Buddhist saying or something. Sometimes it's hot, but sometimes it's cold. That's going to be the most philosophical thing I say the rest that of the beautiful. episode. So it frame beautiful. that one. Another tear to my eye. Jesus. Well, let's talk about if this brings a tear to your eye. Because this time of year, before it gets hot and it's a weekend, it's garage sale season, Jack. Ah, uh, Yes. Garage sale season. So if anyone's not familiar, maybe international people might not be familiar with the concept of garage sales, uh, but it's basically where you clear all the junk and old stuff out of your house that you don't want anymore. Maybe you're too lazy to take it to a dumpster if you don't want it or too lazy to donate it. So what you do is you put it out front and you put a sign in the yard and say, everything's for sale and come one, come all. And this weekend happened to be what they call the neighborhood garage sale in my neighborhood. Mm. I don't know. Does your neighborhood, you, you live in a put together neighborhood. Do you guys have something like that? Nowhere near the put togetherness of your neighborhood. But I think that uh, these, these large planned communities, uh, this is a big thing now, right? Where to, uh, to really comp clamp down and control the situation, Instead of letting anyone go free for all, right? They're just saying, guys, this is these are the dates, right? Like this is when you're going to be allowed to actually do this, and we're all doing it at the same time. Is that what goes on there? That's interesting because I never thought of it that way. I kind of thought it's one of those things where you know, garage sales happen, people do them, but for the most part, most people aren't just going to on their own put one together but yeah. it's one of those things where hey let's like make it a neighborhood social function let's make it something like an event like this is our weekend to do the garage sale in the neighborhood let's all get together and we can shop each other's junk and maybe bring in some <laughs> some outsiders to shop our junk shop each other's junk sounds pretty hot i'll say this i and this might be my maybe hoa talk is something we do uh, in a future episode because i'm i'm uh not the biggest fan but I feel like there is a a control element that the homeowners organizations have, and that's why they kind of organize these the way they do. That makes a lot of sense. You can't do it on your own. We'll tell you when to do it, and that's that's your time. And actually, you know, I remember when I was younger and we would do garage sales, and it was quite an ordeal because you had to <laughs> you had to like make sure you had exact change. So the night Friday night was all about like preparing for the Saturday morning garage sale. So you had to dust off the old cash box that you used once a year when you did your garage sale and get out the Sharpie and the sticky notes and put, put labels on things, go through your closet and figure out what clothes don't fit or what toys you don't want. And the parents would, you know, maybe there's an old side table that got shoved in the attic or the basement that ready to just part ways with. And yeah, that, that was actually one of my most vivid memories or set of memories are those nights before just kind of scraping together stuff from the house that the next morning you're going to put out on the front yard. And then you would you would put signs on the street corner, uh, neon signs, handwritten, garage sale. Uh, even if you were, were doing it really big, 
newspapers were still big back then in the 90s and you would put a ad in the classified section i think there was a section for garage sales sure and you would put your address and the times and the dates so yeah i remember that one of my biggest memories from garage sales was just the preparation process so you guys were the the frankses were a garage sale family is what you're telling me it seems like a, several times a year, either at my house or like at a grandparent's house or maybe an aunt's house, like somebody in the family would do one. Yeah. Like not all the time. It wasn't like an every weekend thing, but every few months it seemed like someone was doing stuff and then you would gather all the stuff and, and take it to that person's house, you know, Friday uh-huh. night or Saturday morning. So um, because of that at our, at our home, we weren't necessarily doing them all the time, but it seemed like between the family members, it happened with some frequency. You you had inventory, you had, you had moving inventory that went from location to location. So that's interesting. See, we honestly, dude, when you, uh, you know, you bring this up, the, the garage sale and I, maybe this is going to turn into a psychotherapy session for me and trying to work through some parent stuff. But like, I feel like my parents always looked down upon the garage sale people. Like we never, we did one at the, at the request of a grandparent, but we never, we never did one really. And I think that the few times that I was allowed to go out as a consumer side on the consumer side and uh, come in and, and shop at a garage sale it was with the family members that my my mother kind of felt were like tier two, you know, family members yeah. like they were not uh, they were not the classy ones. And so I'm really interested to learn more because I honestly just uh, that was not a that was not a component for me. That's interesting. Yeah. And I, I would say like off, people are either garage sale holders or garage sale shoppers, mm-hmm. maybe not both. Um but there guess, was, yeah, you really couldn't be both, of, I guess. You couldn't really be both. But like, there, I remember I, I, we certainly kind of hosted garage sales more than we went to them. But I do remember there's like, so, like sort of a novelty, fun concept if you're the one going to garage sales. Not necessarily like, you don't, especially when you're young, you're not like, hey, yeah. we're digging through people's junk. Right. You, you head straight for the toy bucket, which is <laughs> like, you know, 50 cents per toy, or right. you can buy three for a dollar, you know. And then at that time, that's when you're carrying cash and change around, or your parents would have been. So, you know, see if they can pull a couple nickels out of their pocket to get you a, an old GI Joe that's, you know, missing an arm or something like that. So, you know, I wasn't thinking about it from that standpoint, but that's kind of the, you know, fun novelty concept too. Very similar to now going to like thrift shops or going to antique stores. I, I, I don't know. I don't want to get too ahead of you, but I feel like there's a lump in, like, I feel like there are several different, uh, marketplaces that all kind of fit in a certain part of the Venn diagram. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, we'll get there. Um, but so, so this is interesting because this might turn into me kind of filling you in on some of these things because you're not necessarily uh, a veteran uh, garage sale holder like I am. So let me give you a little rundown of there, there's a few types of people, and this is not to be stereotypical at all, but <laughs> but your garage Easy. sale shoppers are Easy, usually – Oh, God. going to fall into one of these four categories. Here it comes. You think I'm talking about you, I'm uh, listener. I'm definitely not. You're you're not in any of these. The end of men seeking tomahawks no, is no, no. about to happen. So these ones I gave. Well, I, I wrote down the name worms, but it's the early birds. You know, early bird get the worm. That kind ah. of thing. And these are the people that you know. Maybe you did put that ad in the classifieds that I mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. or maybe you put signs out in the street the day before so people knew. Hey, this is where the garage sale was. 
And these are the people that will show up 30 minutes before you open. If you say you're opening at 7, they're going to get there at 6.30 because they want first shot. They want first crack at whatever you have. They're just sitting out in front of your house while 10-year-olds are carting stuff from the living room, the the <laughs> staging area into the front in yard. Their, and it's going to be in their benefit because maybe you don't have the price tags on things yet. So they're going to name their price. You're not going to name your price. Yeah. Um. So, so you got the early birds. Then you have the resellers. So these are the people that this is their mm, this is their job or this is their hobby is they go to these places and they they can spot what's popular. They can spot that furniture that needs refinishing and then you can sell it for three times as much. You know, they're they're flippers. I don't know if you've seen that show American Pickers on I don't know if it's History Channel or something like that, but these people will go to, you know, old junkyards and they'll find things and they'll kind of find those diamonds in the rough. And there's resellers that do this. Then uh, they'll go to the garage sales, maybe find vintage clothing that they know they can sell online for more. Uh, or and that, you know, back in the day, maybe, I don't know if it was online or what, but you got your resellers. Then you've got people that I call professional garage sales shoppers. And these are people that this is what they do every weekend. This is where they buy their stuff. They're not going to Target. They're not going to uh, Walmart. They're going to garage sales. And they're pros, man. They'll go up to your rack of clothing and within 30 seconds, they'll, they'll, you know, find their way through a giant rack and they'll pick out the ones that fit their kids or fit them and they'll be on their way. And they almost always will drive trucks because just in case they find that piece of furniture they need, sure, they want to be ready. You can't risk leaving and coming back. <clears throat> and then the fourth, and these are by far the worst, this is the negotiators. These are the people that they don't need anything. You know, the professional garage sale shoppers, this is where they're shopping for need. Negotiators, they just enjoy hammering people down. Yep. You can't go to the grocery store and, and negotiate on the produce. You can't go to Target and negotiate on the clothing there. Yeah. But by gosh, you can go to garage sales. And if you annoy the homeowner that's just trying to get rid of stuff enough, you're going to walk away with some of these items for a really low price. Dan, I just so happened to stumble across some uh, late breaking research so that I oh. could so that I could uh, offer some fun facts as you went along and so That's great. As we do so, I should uh now this is a little bit dated. This is from these are some statistics from 2017, so you know, take it for what it is. But I will say that from this uh this information in front of me 42% of yard sale shoppers expect to negotiate the price. So you're uh, your worst of the worst as you describe them. What's your Twitter handle then, uh, by the way, Dan, what, what was it again? <laughs> no, that's okay. Uh, yeah. So uh, anyway, you can find Dan really easy online. Just tell him about what your thoughts are on this, but yeah, 42% of garage sale, garage sale shoppers intend on negotiating with you, Dan. Yeah. And it, it happens all the time. Uh, it's just it's just the biggest beating. We might get into that in a little bit here, but before I dive into what I consider my biggest endeavor in the garage sale space, and you know, you mentioned the term yard sale. Maybe it's regional, or maybe it's different parts of the country. Like down here, it seems like it's always neighborhood garage sale. Now, very rarely is stuff actually in the garage. You put it out in the driveway or the front yard. So I don't know. Was there a particular term that? You grew up knowing them as was it garage sale, was it yard sale, something else? Well, I think that I think they were generally called garage sales, although we didn't have a garage. So the one time we did it, it was just stuff sitting in our yard. 
but yeah. from from what I'm another another um, with my fast fingers here on the pulse of uh, garage sale data, what Google is telling me is there's really no difference, and people kind of use them interchangeably. It doesn't seem, at least with my quick uh, googling here, it doesn't appear as if there's like a regional you know difference or anything. Interesting. So tomato, tomato, indeed. Um, but yeah, before I get into what I consider our biggest garage sale endeavor, I want to hear, have you, you know, you talked about the one in your, in your youth, Yeah. in your adult life, have you ever had a garage sale? Did you ever have anything that symbolizes a garage sale or sure. anything like that? Yeah. I mean, you know, with the, with just the few limited experiences I had as a, as a kid going to a couple with some, some aunties, uh, you know, that was about it. But then the only other time was out of sheer desperation. You know, I, I was, uh, graduating from college. I was living in some random house and, you know, bills, tuition, that sort of thing started to creep up. And I recall <laughs> such a beating, like every, everything you described, I, I, that started to bring some PTSD back for me. Because I was 25, 26 and never had done a garage sale. And now I'm just taking all of my stuff. Like I had some old car rims and I had some toys and stuff. And like you said, I didn't know what to, I knew how to, I could make it look pretty in the front yard, you know, but I didn't know what price I was supposed to put on it. I didn't know that exactly what you referenced, the the hagglers. I didn't realize (laughs) that they were going to, you bleed me dry. And so I remember working really hard a few times and not having very much to show for it. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a typical trope and we'll, we'll get to that. I feel like there was this big gap. So we moved out to what I call the country about high school age for me. And when there's nobody around, then there's no garage sales because no one's driving by. No one's going to go to the middle of nowhere to buy things. So I had this gap of garage sales and yard sales and whatever, probably a decade or so. And then several years ago had the unfortunate passing of Nana mm-hmm. and we had what we, I guess we, we turn or refer to as an estate sale, which is kind of a oversized garage sale. It's basically, you know, someone passes away or, or just drops everything and moves or something like that. And you literally are selling everything in the house. You're not just selling a bunch of junk in the garage, but you're like couch over there for sale TV over there for sale. Bed set in bedroom one, bed set in bedroom two, like everything. And in addition to it being somewhat difficult, like this was, you know, she lived locally. So I was at her house all the time. You start seeing all these things that like a couch shouldn't have sentimental value, but it's something that, you know, it's, it's been there forever. And now you're, you know, just trying to sell it to somebody who's going to come in and lowball it because you know how much a similar couch is. And they're like, ah, give me five bucks for it. Like, and you got to help me carry it to my truck. Yeah, that's <laughs> you know, no. a lot of that. Yeah, I'm I'm a sentimental kind of guy. And so that definitely I've I have run into that a time or two. Yeah, um, so this is one, you know, we there's a bunch of stuff. So I think we even made it three days long. So it was like wow. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, lots of people coming, buying a bunch of the small things. But like I said, with an estate sale, it's like everything, big pieces of furniture. Uh, there, there's a bunch there. And then kind of halfway through the second day, so we would have gone all day Friday, about half of the day Saturday. And, you know, there was, 
like I said, small stuff gone, but we're just looking at progress we're making and we're like, this is not going to work. Like the whole idea is to get rid of stuff, right? Like when you do an estate sale, come and take it all. And even with the negotiators that we were being very lenient to, uh, not a lot of it was being taken. So I sat there, looked at the situation and had a light bulb moment that to me, I think when I mentioned the present and the future of garage sales earlier in the, the episode at the very beginning, that was that light bulb. And that's something that I want to talk about after the break. Oh, look at Dan advanced the music queued up advanced level teasing right there. That's what just happened. My goodness. So guys <laughs> coming up next, the thing you didn't know you needed to know, but you do the future of garage sales. But before that, Dan, oh man, this is exciting because how often is it that we get to play some ska and more importantly, how how often is it that we get to play ska from New York City? Because right here, ladies and gentlemen, the band is effed on mate. And the song is Anti-Social Anarchy. And it's right here on Men Seeking Tomahawks. Anti-social anarchy is my best friend. Just sitting alone and feeling sorry for me and my band. With no one leading, no one trailing, lack of influence This is a solitary protest, private act of insolence A solitary protest, private act of insolence
to take it lying down Walking, standing up instead But still in over my head Why do you care if I stare with the flare at things that I don't understand? Let me say, take away every day to formulate my master plan On mate with anti-social anarchy. Uh, Jack, I need you to I need you to check that that paper again because that's yeah. not the name of the band, is it? Uh it's it's the name of the band that if we want to keep our uh, family friendly rating, that's that's the name of the band, Dan. So, eft on mate is what we're going with. Anti-social anarchy, and remember, if you want to hear more from them or from any other band go to menseekingtomahawks.com dan yeah props to them because as i'm thinking what type of music what genre of music might be the hardest to do like on an independent level it's definitely one with horns right oh yeah because you know electronic music you can do at your computer solo uh you know hip-hop i've plenty of our artists make their own beats and then rap over it right but if you're gonna go for ska there's several instruments involved that's going to require some skill and some bodies. Ain't going to lie, man. I heard that song earlier today and it made me happy. You know, it's it's a fun little jaunt. Uh, some some really entertaining lyrics. So, yeah, both songs take me back to the 90s. I'll say that. Um, Very thematic here, what we're doing. Yeah. So go ahead, Dan. Yeah, well, we're going to take a look at the future here. But where we left off was at my uh, estate sale. With a family member for a family member, and after that first day and a half, we really just were not making a lot of headway selling things. So I had this epiphany that I mentioned, and it led me to walk around the house. It took me about call it fifteen minutes to take photographs on my cellular telephone of all of those items, and post them up to the Facebook Marketplace. Posted all of these items for sale, and if you're not familiar with the Facebook Marketplace, it's Pretty much as simple as making a post on Facebook. You, uh, especially nowadays, you just, when you pull up your Facebook post and you can choose make a post on my social update or post to the marketplace. And it's about as easy as that. And there's a lot of these little sub groups, these like garage sale type groups on Facebook for different local regions and cities and stuff like that. But there's just something called the generic Facebook marketplace, which if you're familiar with Craigslist or something like that, it's basically like that type of directory just on Facebook made for people selling things and come to find out Jack, when we posted these on there, we were able to post things for the same, same price. And we got a ton of, a ton of response. So this, you know, couch in the side of the room that you could maybe convince people to come walk through the house and look at and just keep on walking. I put up this picture on the Facebook marketplace and within 15 minutes, there's a dozen people saying, Oh, still available, still available. You know, you got some people saying, oh, give you 100 instead of 150. But, you know, this this 
pouring in of messages. And that was happening to all these items we put up for the same price. And, you know, that was about the middle of day one. And I posted them all and we, we didn't have anybody come over that first day. And then, or I'm sorry, that was the day two. And then day three, Sunday, I could just queue up a bunch of people and I would tell them, hey, we're starting tomorrow at 7 a.m. First person who gets here gets it. And I'd say by the end of that, that Sunday, like 75% of the stuff that absolutely was not going to be sold if we just left it up to walk-ins, it was gone. People come in, said, hey, you got to be here by noon. Bring your own truck. We're not helping you load it. And no negotiation. Told them there was a line of people that wanted it if they didn't. And yeah, by gosh, if by the end of that day, we had cleared almost all of it out. And then some last, you know, a few of the things that maybe took a little bit longer to sell by Wednesday of that week, the whole place was clear. Would have never happened without the Facebook marketplace. That's my, that was my kind of like, light bulb moment is this is how easy it was to do this. Why would anybody, why would anybody do a garage sale again? Like, why couldn't you just utilize this? And there's, there's several marketplaces. So you've got the Facebook, you've got, so you were going to say something. Yeah. I think, I guess my, my curiosity here is cause you're saying, so you're saying that you don't think that you need to do a garage sale anymore, that you just need to put it all online. Is that, is that what you're saying here? Yeah, you know, I, I took a step back and it was like, okay, so I could avoid all that preparation. You know, we we spent probably the first part of that week because it was such a big thing, putting price tags on everything, getting everything uh, arranged, you know, making sure that we had tables for all the small things and racks for all the clothes and all these display things. We could have avoided the preparation, could have avoided moving things outside. And then if it was a three-day garage sale every day, you have to bring it back in and right. reset it up again, could have avoided that all the labeling, pricing, all the headaches with the negotiators, and instead just walk around, take pictures, put prices on it, and know that the only people that are going to show up are the people that are coming to pick it up. And that really was, again, was that epiphany of like, why why would you not do this? Why would you move forward with a traditional garage sale when you could do this and you don't have to limit it to, hey, I'm only doing this on the weekend. You could just do it as you go, like yeah. walk around your house. When, when you don't need something anymore, you just pop it up there. You don't have to wait until there's that garage sale opportunity. Really got me thinking like what's the nowadays with modern technology or whatever you want to call it, why are there garage sales? Do there need to be garage sales? From the consumer standpoint, I could see why you would still want it. Like there's still people that that's how they get their stuff. But nowadays with everyone online pretty much anyways, like it seems like this is these online garage sales, we'll call it no reason why those aren't doing away with current, you know, what we used to call the garage sale. Wow. So I've got a few thoughts here because I'm not sure if I agree with you or not. I feel like there's one way to look at it. Like you said, you could just put all this junk online and move it that way. But part of me feels like there's several examples of why you would instead want to have a garage sale and have it supported through multiple promotional channels, right? So going through the statistics that I quickly brought up for this topic, uh, every week back in tw just 2017, and again, I get world different, et cetera, since then. But in 2017, the average number of yard sales listed on Craigslist each week was 95,000. So a lot of people were posting their yard sales to Craigslist. 
you mentioned the on you know several different channels in terms of like social media and that sort of thing. And the other thing that I wanted to bring up is something that I kind of didn't think of until just now. It just dawned on me. But you know, with with my with my day job, I've spent much time on the road in the uh, the deeper parts of Texas. Let's call it the far going far west and far east and and all points in between. And as you traverse down yonder and you start scanning the AM dial for something other than country in Tejano, every once in a while you'll come across people talking. And what they are often talking about is things they have for sale in their front yard. So I don't know how familiar you are with this. And it's interesting because this would obviously be very rural, right? You had what you considered a rural experience that was limiting because there weren't a whole lot of people in that area. But I think there's different types of rural where um, the community is far more dependent on itself for, for their stuff. So uh, I used to have to go to a, a place called Childress, Texas. And one of my favorite things to do was to tune into this 1 a.m. station that would always be some old lady living in a trailer park who had a litter of kittens and she was selling them for $5 each. And then the next phone caller was some guy who is, he has an, an old John Deere that, that he's got in his front yard. He'll, he'll let it go for 80 bucks. And then there was, deal. then there would be, you know, Edna who would have, she would be advertising her garage sale or for, for the weekend. Just, Hey, y'all get ready. Come on down. I've got a bunch of kids clothes. I got a bunch of other stuff, you know, and, and it would be advertising. And it's kind of fun too. Like even where I live now, it's not necessarily super rural, but just rural enough that uh, I get to tune into this sort of thing. And it's like the callers almost become characters and they have bits and they, you like they'll they'll as soon as they say, hey, it's it's Max from down in Ennis, like the host will be like, oh, it's Max. And then Max will tell him whatever his, his thing is. And so anyway, my I'm kind of derailing here. But my point is between Facebook, Craigslist and AM radio, I feel like there are a lot of examples of people who are, you know, taking that community approach to you know, getting rid of their stuff or even seeking out some stuff, but, but making their garage sales more successful. And so I could see it. I could see what you say. I mean, I could say like, I don't need to throw a, you know, a, 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 an actual uh, full garage sale. I could just tell you what I have, you know, on some channel, or I could, you know, take the scatter shooting approach, I guess, and just say, Hey, I got everything and it's in my front yard this Saturday. Yeah, I've got a couple of thoughts on this. So, you know, taking myself out of that, you know, that anecdotal experience uh, from that single garage sale, something one of these uh, one of these online marketplaces I mentioned it earlier, I think offer up, they have a it's kind of the same thing. It's just a marketplace app where people post what they're selling. And if you're looking for something, you search for it and you can sort by distance from home. Are they willing to ship? Is it pickup? Um, but the other cool thing about that, and this is why I think there's you know, this technology is is progressing all of this is people have their profiles that they're verified. You can verify your profile. You submit your driver's license and your phone number or whatever to this app so they can say, okay, this is a legitimate person selling this. 
you can see ratings. So people that have bought from them before, they have a rating just like you might see from a seller on Amazon or eBay. So you're, you're adding kind of that layer of verification and reliability that walking up to someone's yard, buying a piece of electronics, say, or, you know, a video game system or something like that, that you you're kind of shooting in the dark there. So, you know, I think from that standpoint, it's not just another way to sell things, but maybe a, or to buy things and sell things, but maybe a more trusted, safer way. Yeah. But on the flip side, as you're mentioning these things and, you know, Edna at the racetrack or whatever, it, that, that started making me think like, okay, people that maybe do garage sales frequently or, or frequent garage sales often as shoppers, um, maybe it's not just, hey, we're, we're doing this to get rid of things. We're doing this to make the most money we're doing, but it really is almost a community thing. Like you, you know, you're selling stuff to other members of your community. You're meeting other people, you're meeting your neighbors, you're transacting with your neighbors. So maybe a lot of what happens is when, when people are doing it, they do it because they do like the experience. So what I was mentioning as maybe the negatives, the parts that I didn't like, because we're having a garage sales to get rid of the junk and maybe make a few bucks and, you know, but Maybe that's not the case for a lot of people. Maybe there's something more. This conversation to me, Dan, sounds very rural versus urban. It really does. It sounds like you, you you know, you city slicker, you've got a, (laughs) you know, an HOA telling you when you can do these things. We're doing them just to declutter. We're, We're looking for online features to broadcast to promote to also make safer the transaction i think that's a bubble and i think in the other bubble are people who live in small areas without the amount of resources that 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 others might have and they might need to get their kids clothes from the gal down the street who's got a kid who's one year older than them because they don't have the stores in town and they don't have the money to go, you know, and, and, and buy the new stuff. So I, I think there's a dependency to be honest. And yeah, I do think there is a, a social aspect to it. And, and I think that all plays into it too. But I think basically we're talking about a tale of two worlds here. Yeah, no, that's, that's an interesting thought. And, you know, obviously from, from where I sit, if I've got this stuff, a box of clothes, like versus putting it in a garage, sale, I'd rather just take it down to the Goodwill or Salvation Army and I would think that, okay, the same people that might, you know, be dependent on shopping at garage sales would just shop there instead. And I, w- I would think it's relatively comparable. Um, but like you said, in those rural areas, maybe that there's not that drop-off place for the people that don't want the stuff anymore. Right. Which in turn, there's not that purchase place for the people that do need to purchase it. So maybe it almost, you know, yes, there's a community aspect, but maybe it almost replaces those two ends of the the transaction that I just mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just happens in people's garages and front yards instead of storefronts. Yeah, it's interesting. I feel like there's a there's more to this. I think we're scratching the surface here, Dan. Interesting. I think so too. Now, and just to to close the loop at the end of this, um I, I started it by mentioning the neighborhood garage sale and it was just a one-day sale started this morning. Um I'm here to report that driving around my neighborhood today, there was uh, not a lot of participation in the garage sale. And that was a little bit disappointing, but it might further my thought at least of the, especially of this urban bubble that you mentioned maybe that is a thing that there just wasn't a lot of interest you know there's the signs everywhere that said hey it's coming up you know you get the newsletters and the email or whatever saying hey this is the day seven to two put out your stuff i did see some people participating what i also saw was when i logged into our neighborhood facebook group later this evening a whole lot of people saying hey here's all the stuff we put out for the garage sale that 
didn't sell. Yeah. Does anybody want it? And a lot of people were picking up things that way. So it really did kind of uh, be, paint that same picture that I mentioned of. We had the garage sale. Not a lot of people participated. And now everyone's closing that loop by posting it all on Facebook and probably getting rid of it. Yeah. I wonder if there's also the safety concern, you know, I mean, I wonder if people, cause I honestly, I, I think I actually, uh, might've just in my, my quick, quick searching here. I think that might've been a headline or two of people saying, Hey, this is kind of the, the, the unofficial national holiday of, you know, welcome back garage sales. And those are good. It's going to be affected just like, you know, everything, but apparently local baseball teams that will, Remain I don't know, Jack. unnamed. Uh, I, I got neighbors who might tell you there's no pandemic. Never heard of it. Good. Yeah. You know, hey, you know, you, you live in a nice neighborhood, man. It, it might just be that you guys have some sort of antiviral technology that I'm just not familiar with, Dan. That's and good for you. Good for you, Dan. And finally, Jack, I'd like to recite a little limerick I wrote about garage sales. There was once a man from Enos. Oh, no. Oh, calm down. Calm down. Let me finish. It's very tasteful. No, it's it's not that. Uh, look who's at the studio door again. Oh, oh no, it's right. Oh, yes. <laughs> Men seeking tomahawks. It is I, Trevor Rendezvous, here to make my triumphant return to your internet cast streaming. No, thanks, Trevor. It's all right. Last time you were here, you literally ran us over with a golf cart. But I've paid back my debt to society for my minor transgression in full, you ninny-hammer. Trevor <laughs> Rendezvous did hard time. That's right. I spent 14 agonizing days performing community service at my local library. Sounds pretty tough. Indeed. Life on the inside really changes a man. Regardless of my newfound tough guy persona... I did want to tell the two of you that uh, I am sorry. You're in the studio with us, and you realize we could see the finger quotations you made in the air when you said sorry, right? Oh, Dan, you adorable Marty Collal. Whatever. <laughs> I was merely swatting at four small gnats with my fingers simultaneously. <laughs> you had a good aim. Okay, Trevor, you've apologized. Uh, now I think it's time to go. Oh, and deprive your audience of a sneak peek of Trevor Rendezvous' impending garage sale of fanciful novelties? <laughs> I think I've heard that phrase before, but it sounds intriguing enough. All right, Trevor, we'll bite. You're having a garage sale. Indubitably. I was listening to your radio program on internet and thought, what better forum to drum up some buzz for what will be the event of the season? Well, and I see you've brought some items with you to the studio, so what have you got? Oh, these? Hmm, Danny boy, just a small taste of what purveyors of my garage sale can spend their hard-earned dead Nero on. <laughs> <laughs> hold, hold, hold on a second. Why do you have a person in full gimp suit on all fours with a glass tabletop on their back? Oh, you mean my custom coffee table? Yes, this is my friend Adam. Say hi. Hmm. Be polite, Adam. <laughs> Adam is a fellow explorer of human sexuality. Posing as a coffee table and being sold at garage sales is his kink. He makes a sturdy coffee table, don't you, Adam? Hmm. <laughs> oh, Adam, what dry wit. 
The bidding for coffee table will begin at $7,000. Huh. Well, in addition to this being the first time I've heard of several of these things happening in front of me right now, I've never heard of an auction-style garage sale. So um, maybe tell us what other items you've got up for auction at this garage sale. Oh, indeed I will. The next item we have for your consideration is this one-of-a-kind, handcrafted, leather-bound book of IOUs from yours truly, Trevor Rendezvous. You're selling a book of IOUs at a garage sale? Oh, have I blown your minuscule mind, Jackie boy? <laughs> Is this bespoke experiential volume too wondrous of a concept for you to grasp? Uh, it, it is a unique offering, I'll give you that. Uh, what sort of IOU coupons are included? Well, well, let me see. Let me just flip to a random page here. Let me see. Uh, here's one coupon. Good for a continuous hour of me screaming in your face to mimic the eternal void of pain that we are all hurtling towards. Would you care for a demo? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Dan really wants a demo of that. Yes, please. I, I'd rather not. <laughs> oh, my God. Wow. Wow. Uh, well, thanks for ordering that for me, Jack. And uh, Trevor, thanks for uh, nothing. You'll find yourself quite welcome. The bidding for the book of IOUs will begin at uh, $200,000. Yes. Uh, you know what? Yes. Say what you will. That is a bargain. Oh, indeed it is. Did I ever tell you boys about the time Liza Minnelli and I co-hosted a garage sale exclusively for cats? Cats. No, uh, you know what? We have met you before, but that's one story we've never gotten to, and I'm starting to sp suspect that you know that, Trevor. It's been great seeing you. Jack, let's go to the outro. Oh, I guess I'll go without revealing the crown jewel of this fantastical collection. <laughs> <sighs> Heavy sigh. Okay, Trevor, what is the crown jewel of your garage sale? Well, inside this stunning hand-carved wooden box, I have a very notable limited edition, autographed, sealed, first edition digital video disc copy of a genre-defining, epic, cinematic masterpiece. Wow, I mean that's quite the uh, quite the buildup. It actually sounds pretty amazing. What is it, Trevor? I mean, we are talking Casablanca, Wizard of Oz, or even bigger. It's the major, major motion picture of all time. All right. Tiptoe. No. Okay, get out of here, Trevor. What? Out. What? Out. Dan and I, film. take your table with you. Go. It's a great film. <laughs> My table. Wonderful acting. Wonderful Dan, listen, Dan and I have to go hit up some garage sales. The best so. soundtrack I've ever heard. The best score. Oh. That's it. That's it, Trevor. That's the end of this installment of Men Seeking Tomahawks. Be sure to subscribe to the program on your podcast app of choice. Become a tomahawk-seeking person by joining the conversation on your preferred social media platform. And to hear more from the artists featured on today's program, go to menseekingtomahawks.com. For Dan, I'm Jack. For Jack and Trevor, I'm Dan. What is he still doing? And here? I'm Trevor, and I'm just for me. Bye. 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 Go. Go rendezvous.